Hello my friends, welcome back to Garda Goes Geek. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing a series that I was really looking forward to. Um, just a short review over it. Well, I say short, it'll probably be a bit longer than some of my other reviews. Reviewing a whole series of TV, especially when the series is as good as this. And that is Gen V, the spin-off from Amazon Prime's The Boys. So, as I said in my Boys episode, um, Gen V is based on the arc from the comic book of The Boys called We Gotta Go Now. The We Gotta Go Now arc is basically The Boys' take on the X-Men. And being a huge X-Men fan and... You know, being a big fan of Huey in the comic book, especially, um, and him being the central character of this particular arc, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's probably my favorite overall arc from the comic. Um, and it's an interesting look at some soups who actually are victims. Um, you know, characters like the Seven are, you know, the Seven and Payback and a lot of the other soups that we meet across the boys are just horrible people. Um, teenage Kicks as well. They're, they're very nasty. Um, but I forgot what they're called. I think they're like the G-Men because um, they're all Godolkin Um characters like Godolkin is basically the Professor X analogue who's who's teaching them. Um you know, Godolkin is this this horrible character and the the students that he has are basically his victims, his playthings. And yes, as literally as you would think, it's it's it gets quite extreme. Um, and so he very rarely takes in anyone that he hasn't already known for a long portion of their life. Like, Godolkin basically has a, a lot of free reign because Vought can't stop him. Because the G-Men make a lot of money, which is obviously an echo to, you know, the fact that the X-Men make Marvel a lot of money, or at least they did um, back at the time. So it was like... There's very little that Vought can actually do to control Godolkin. And in the comics, like it's even implied that Godolkin, less implied, I think it's outright stated, that Godolkin is actually making his own soups. Like he's deliberately going out there making his own soups so that they can be inducted into the G Men. You know, he's he's turning the G-Men into this huge franchise. In the same way that the X-Men franchise, you know, you have the X-Men, but you also have all these spin-off super teams. You have the same with the G-Men in The Boys. They are, um, you know, this huge spin-off group of characters. Now... Like I said, We Gotta Go Now is a very good... Um, arc of the comics. It's one of my favourite arcs in the comics. And I like what it's doing. This is very, very different, as has been the case for a lot of the boys. You know, the boys is incredibly different from the comic, as my previous episode showed, hopefully. 
Um, and this is no different. In fact, I don't think there's even any characters here that are from the comic. Like, these all seem to be original characters. Uh, Godolkin himself doesn't appear. The style of Godolkin is different. Like, it's not, uh, you know, a shut-up mansion in North New York in the same way that the um, the X-Men mansion is. Like, no, this is an actual um, open university campus in upstate New York, you know? It's very interesting. And it is in canon with the boys' TV show. Like, this is designed as a spin-off. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to have seen the boys to enjoy it. So if the boys isn't your thing, you might enjoy this. You might not, though, because it has a lot of the same content as the boys. So it depends what your issue is with the boys. You know, if your issue is the gore, the graphic violence, the um, the sexual humor, the swearing, a lot of that's all still here. But what you do have at the core of this is an interesting mystery story and a focus on some very interesting characters. So, the, like I said, Gen V is set around Godolkin University this time. And this university is attended by pretty much every teenage superhero. Um, so, in fact... You know, I think it's even confirmed during this during the run of the show that A Train and the Deep are both graduates of Godolkin, and they're not the only ones. Um, so I think it's implied that most soups have gone through Godolkin. Not all of them, but a lot of them. You know, because obviously there were some that were locked up in Red River and things like that in in the previous seasons. Um, there's very little crossover between characters from the actual main boys show. Some of them do appear. Um, Madeline Stilwell gets a, a video flashback. Uh, Grace Mallory gets seen towards the end. Um, Victoria Newman gets uh, an appearance in one of the later episodes. There's a couple of cameos in the final episode that I'm not going to reveal because they're very clearly setting things up to show how this is going to tie in to the boys, but it also seems to be keeping it separate from the boys at the same time. Like, you could um, just watch this and then watch season two of Gen V, and I don't think you would need to have seen the boys. Like, it tells you who... You know, it catches you up on the things like, for example, that Homelander killed someone at the end of season three. Like, that's mentioned. And obviously they kind of discuss who Homelander is, so that all makes sense. Um, But, you know, A-Train, Ashley, The Deep, uh, Soldier Boy even, um, through some quite interesting um, usage you know, all have little cameos throughout this, um, but most of them don't really get focused on. There are a couple of minor characters who have more prominent roles, um, like Burke, who was the uh, film producer, the one who directed Dawn of the Seven, and is one of Ashley's kind of yes-men at uh, Vought. He 
he has a couple of guest appearances in this, um, as does Cameron Coleman, the news anchor of the Vault News Network. Um, he's got a f- fairly prominent role in a couple of episodes. There is one character in this who is an adaptation of a character from the comic, though. That is the character of Derek Wilson, who... uh, Sorry, the character played by Derek Wilson, I should say. He's the character of Tech Knight. Now, Tech Knight in the comics is essentially a... Kind of a Batman slash Iron Man type allegory. Um, He appears in the story Get Some. Um, which is the follow-up arc to um, Name of the Game, which is the the first arc of the comics. So he's one of the characters who appears quite early. Um, And there's a lot of interesting twists and turns in the Tech Knight story. It's quite a a tragic one. Um, Billy has no, you know, Billy Butcher has no compassion for him because he's essentially someone who's he's not a soup but he's pretending to be one you know he's 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 done the batman thing or the iron man thing of making himself an armored suit and gadgets so that he can join superheroes and i think tech knight is a former member of payback in the comics in this though he is a soup um, and he only appears in one episode. I think it's the, I think it's the fourth one. I want to say. Um, it's a pretty good episode. There's eight episodes in this altogether, um, and he appears in the fourth episode. Um, and if you have read the comics and you're aware of who Tech Knight is and what Tech Knight's story involves, there are some things that they keep from the comic story, but I don't want to spoil it if for anyone who doesn't know. Um, but yeah, some of that was quite funny. Um, yeah. But he's the only real comic character, you know, apart from previous adaptations like The Deep, A-Train, Ashley, etc., who actually appears in this in a significant role. The other characters, however... Like the main characters of the series, um, there's basically seven or eight main characters, and it really does have a kind of X Men vibe in that they're a group of young teenage superheroes. Now, they are more sympathetic than the superheroes that we've seen in The Boys, in the they're younger. Some of them genuinely do want to help people. Some of them just want to be famous. But a lot of them, you know, some of them have good intentions. Some of them have evil intentions. But a lot of them are just want to be kids. You know, they're kind of in over their heads. They're super-powered humans, but they just want to be kids. We see them, you know, doing all the sort of university comedy stuff of, like, you know raucous parties and orgies and um sneaking off campus and and going out drinking and doing drugs and you know it's all stuff that fits i suppose it makes sense and the actors themselves um there seems to be a trend especially in american shows i've noticed of um you know, college students and high schoolers 
being played by obviously much older actors, but also these model good-looking people. And, you know, a lot of this cast is very good-looking. They're very aesthetically pleasing, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, both the men and the women. But they are they also do look young enough. They look like young adults, you know, late teenagers, young adults. They look college age, is what I should say. Um, even though, obviously, some of them are not, you know. Um, Jazz Sinclair, who plays the... Um, the main character of um, of Blo- uh, Bloody Marie. I don't think she is 18, for example. Um, I get the feeling the actress is probably a lot older, probably in her mid-twenties. But she makes a very... She looks young enough that she could pass for, a, you know, a, a young woman, someone, in, you know, a few years younger. So... I think I think it's one of those because um, I used to work in bars. I think if you've ever worked in a bar, if you have someone that you would ID come to your bar, you know that's what they should look like if they're playing college age. Someone who looks college age. I don't care how old they actually are, but they need to look like they would get ID'd in a bar. <laughs> For me, that's my perspective on it. It's like. Okay, you're coming into the bar. I don't, I don't believe that you're over over the limit to drink alcohol. Show me some ID. And there's so many actors I've seen in so many things that do not pass that test. But yeah, I've already kind of spoken about Marie, so let's uh, do the main characters. Marie is definitely the main one. Um, she gets the nickname Bloody Marie in a lot of the promotional material, but I don't think she's ever called it in the show. Um, the reason she has that nickname is because she is a hemokinetic. She's able to psychically manipulate blood. Now, usually that involves her cutting herself so that she can actually access her blood and bring it out. Um, but it does show that she's got a lot more power. Um, you know, there's little hints at the things that she can actually do um, and the full potential of her power. And it's quite quite a terrifying power it gives her quite a lot of control and awareness of not just her own body but other people's bodies as well which i think is really interesting um she's quite a tragic character in this her background is that she accidentally kills her parents during her first period because her powers kick in during her period now, that's very similar to X-Men. A lot of their uh, abilities triggering during adolescence. And I think that's something that is true of the soups in the comic as well. So, yeah, it's it's quite a traumatic thing. And she was basically in like the foster care system. Her sister wants nothing to do with her. She just wants to find her sister and prove that she can look after her. Um, you know, because they're estranged. Um, she's the Marie is the older sibling. Her younger sister is kind of gone, um, and she gets sponsored to go to Godolkin University. And it's one of those: if she didn't go to Godolkin, or if she flunks out of Godolkin, she'll end up in Red River. So there's that kind of hanging over her. Um, there's 
Andre Anderson. Um, he is the son of a former superhero and one of the uh, board members at the uh, at the university called Polarity. So Polarity is basically um, he's basically got magnetic powers. He's essentially a um, you know kind of Magneto style character. I think he's also mentioned as a former member of the Seven. Um, He's a trustee at the university. That's it. I've forgotten the word. Trustee at the university. Um, so obviously, he's was a famous superhero, was someone who's now retired. He is very much pushing for Andre to take on the role of polarity and become like the big hero. And it's one of those Godolkin graduates are sort of ranked you know, Godolkin students, I should say, are ranked. And it's like the attention they get, the social media presence, things like that, increases their ranking, which is, you know, that's how we've seen this universe work. You know, if people are talking about you, you've got more chance of being more successful because people are going to want to see you. They're going to want to buy your merchandise and things like that. And that's what gets them into the seven. And obviously, A-Train went into the seven and... You know, anyone who's seen the boys knows that the Seven's down quite a few members right now. So, you know, a couple of students um, graduating and, and heading that way would be pretty good. Um, Andre's best friend is uh, Luke Riordan. He has the name Golden Boy. Like, that's his soup name. He's basically being looked at as, like, the favourite for the Seven. And he's played by Patrick Schwarzenegger, who I've never seen in anything. Um, but I didn't even realise that he was a Schwarzenegger uh, until I sort of looked at the cast list. And I was like, oh, oh, really? Um, you know, he doesn't look like his father much, in, in my opinion. Maybe in a still photograph, but I didn't notice it in the show. Um He's essentially, he, he's able to control fire, light himself on fire. He's got superhuman strength. He's being sponsored uh, by Clancy Brown's character of uh, Brink. Uh, Brinkhoff, I think his name is. Uh, Rich, Richard Brinkerhoff. He is the professor at Godolkin. And he's the chairman of what's called the Lamplighter School of Crime Fighting. Because the Godolkin University campus is kind of split into separate schools. So there's like the Godolkin, the, the Lamplighter School of Crime Fighting. There's the, um, oh, what was the acting school called? Because there's like an acting one as well. And I think it's like the Crimson Countess School of Acting. So they're, they're named after previous superheroes that we've met. Um which I think is pretty cool as well. Um, but yeah, um, Brink is essentially, he's got quite a lot of influence and he's trying to get Golden Boy onto the seven. Like, I think it's pretty much guaranteed Golden Boy is going to go into the seven, at least in the first episode. Things happen in the first episode that completely derail that. And I don't want to spoil it because it's a very good spoiler. I will say the first three episodes of this all dropped at once. And I think that really works because episode three ends on a real kind of what the hell cliffhanger um, to lead into the next ones. So I think you get like a good chunk of story 
before going on. And I like it when shows kind of stagger their release like that. Um, you know, you don't get... It always seems to be at the start or the end of a series, though. It never seems to be, like, in the middle, for example. Like, give us a couple of slow burns and then give us two that are really big and action-heavy, like, at once, you know. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, there's some, there's some twists and turns that mean that Golden Boy won't be joining the Seven, um, and it kind of throws open the field for the other characters. Um, Luke is, like I said, he's Andre's best friend. He's also dating, uh, Kate, Kate Dunlap. She is a soup with telepathic abilities, and her telepathic abilities work quite well, uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting idea. Um, she's basically able to, what she calls push, which is basically means she wears gloves like Rogue of the X-Men. But what her gloves do is if she has skin contact with her hands, she's able to like influence someone's behavior through mind control. And she's a very interesting character. Um, there's a lot going on with her character and some very interesting backstory bits and a lot of nice revelations. She was one that kind of flew under the radar for me in the first couple of episodes, but really kind of grew to become one of the most important characters in the show for me. Um, another character who I really like a lot is Brink's assistant, um, who is Jordan Lee. Um, Jordan Lee has a really interesting power, um, as far as I'm concerned. They are a gender shifter. So what that means is they have a male form and a female form, both played by completely different actors. Um, and they will actually shift from one form to the other. But not only that, each form has its own superpower. So the female form is able to fire energy blasts. And the male form has superhuman durability. So there's one point quite early on where we see them in a fight and we see them alternating between the two forms so that they can take a hit, but then also hit back. And it's really cool. Like, it's really well done, the, the transition between it. Um, it does mean, though, for a lot of the runtime, we have one form or the other. But when they use it in the action scenes and have them alternate between the two, in quick succession it works really well and i think the actors both do a brilliant job of making it so that it is the same character and you know there's a lot of commentary about the fact that they're a gender shifter and they are defined as by gender as well so um you know I, I don't recall what pronouns get used for them i'm using they um but they are they are defined as a by gender character and you know, there is a lot of derogatory, you, you know, derision that comes with that, <laughs> you know, um, because unfortunately that's the world we live in. I really, really wish it wasn't, but, you know. Um, and, you know, there's the Vault people talking about, like, the optics. Oh, they're never going to put her in the seven. She's never going to be a... They're never going to be a big superhero. You know, you can't sell that in the South of America. You know, in the southern states like Alabama or Texas. And I'm like, yeah, unfortunately. 
And then the final character, which I don't want to say too much about, uh, is quite mysterious, and a lot of it gets revealed over the show, and it's very plot-intensive, and that's the character of Sam. Sam has uh, superhuman strength and durability, um, and he's he also has a tendency to see people as puppets. Like, literally, he sees Muppets. He sees people as Muppets. Leads to some of the most hilarious scenes in the show. Um, a lot of fun. Oh, there's, there's one more I haven't spoken about, and that's uh, Emma. Emma is Marie's roommate. Emma is a superhero with a YouTube channel, and her whole thing, she's able to shrink. So she's called Little Cricket, and she's able to, like, alter her size by essentially purging. So she's basically throwing up um, in order to shrink. It's really bizarre. There's a lot of content warnings in this show, as you can probably imagine. Um, and, yeah, he's... She's really interesting. I like Emma. She has some quite... She has some scenes quite early on, which make me feel really bad for her. Like, she just wants to be... She wants to be an actress, I think, is is her whole thing. Um, and she's kind of been inspired by Termite, who was a, a small soup, who had a very notable scene in The Boys Season 3. Um, but, yeah, she's, she's just nice. She's just a really nice character. And, yeah, she goes through some stuff, but gets some very cool moments as it goes on. Like, if you've seen the trailers for the show, there's a lot of good stuff that revolves around her. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that you won't have seen in the trailers because it's just too, whoa, <laughs> you know, to put in a trailer for this. Um, very graphic stuff, should we put it that way. Um and then there's also the Dean of the University. The Dean of the University is Indira Shetty. Um, she's a, also a behavioural therapist. And there's a lot going on with her. And again, it's all plot stuff. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but she's a very interesting character. And Shelley Conn, who plays her, does a brilliant job. Um, you know, she's also from um, Bridgeton, and she was in Terra Nova as well, which is where I saw her, as well as um, Beelzebub in season two of Good Omens. She's a lot of fun in this. She's very good in the role. She's um, The role is really interesting. Like, it's one that she can really sink her teeth into. There's a lot of good stuff in terms of how it's written, how it's directed, certain actions that the actor's able to take. Um you know, with the character that make it a lot of fun. There's so many theories kind of digesting stuff that she does um, on Tumblr and things like that. So there's lots going on. There's a whole group of other students who kind of appear as supporting characters. There's a, an invisible kid called Maverick who turns out to be the son of Translucent. Um, there's a soup influencer, um who has a she's called justine she has a 
uh, plot line with Emma in one of the earlier episodes. Uh, she's she's another one who's going to the school, uh, the Crimson Countess School. Crimson Countess School of Performing Arts, that's it. Um, there's obviously the older polarity as well. There's um, a psychic student uh, called Rufus who's got... Um, telepathy astral projection clairvoyance he has a rather interesting um moment <laughs> shall we say um yeah a very notable moment that they put <laughs> they put in the uh, the previously on for a couple of episodes um which I saw some very very visceral reactions to online um yeah and there's there's just interesting stuff here and i think it's a lot of fun a lot of like i said a lot of really interesting stuff i really enjoyed it and the hook for the second season at the end is great and you know it's going to take a while because of the strikes and everything else but it'll be really interesting to see it when it does come out really really interesting um and yeah i could probably discuss spoilers um i know in a lot of um videos like this i do do uh, videos and uh, podcasts like this i do do a spoiler discussion there's a lot of good stuff here that i don't really want to spoil i want people to watch this um because i think it's good and like I said, this is my favourite arc from the comic. It's parodying and directly inspired by the X-Men, who are some of my favourite comic characters. And it's a spin-off of the Boys series, which adapts the comics brilliantly by not adapting the comics in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I think this was really good. And I, I had a lot of fun with it. Excuse me. An awful lot of fun with it. Um... So yeah, heartily recommended. Go watch Gen V. If you like the boys, if you don't like the boys, just give it a try. Watch a couple of episodes. If you're still not feeling it, fine. But I think you will. I think it's, there's a lot here to like. It's a very interesting show. So yeah, like I said, I'm not going to do a proper spoiler uh discussion on this one like I, I normally do um but i will say that, that everything that i liked about the boys series is also here so the the parodies of pop culture the parodies of uh, celebrity culture it, it's more celebrity culture than pop culture in this one like the whole the ranking system um at godolkin is a real it, it's a recurring plot point um, through a lot of the early episodes and there's a lot of very interesting stuff and twists and turns in the story and about, you know, these these kids having to sort of cultivate a media personality at the same time. Now, some of it, that does get abandoned because of plot, because, you know, there are plot reasons why some things sort of fall to the wayside after a point. But I don't want to spoil why that is, because... I think the plot here is really good. Um, and you might guess some of it, but 
yeah, there's kind of layers and layers in this one. Um, and I think it's a re of the spin-offs that we've had for the boys so far, which is the animated series Diabolical, and this, this is by far the better one. Um, Diabolical didn't really think much of. Um, and I think this kind of proves that the universe of the boys, at least in how it's been created in the show, is that rich um, and that well-developed and the parody in it is that good that we can do more spin-offs. And so I don't know whether I would like more spin-offs. I think this one is helped by the fact that it had a, a basis in the comic books. Um, and obviously it's trying something very different with the idea of the younger heroes. I'm not sure how successful other spin-offs could be, but I do get the feeling with the fact that this was instantly, sort of, almost instantly renewed for a second series, um, a second season, sorry, and that The Boys is now approaching its fourth season, and eventually The Boys will end. Like, if The Boys follows the comic, that storyline is going to end. It would not surprise me if Amazon would be looking at this universe and going, well, how can we develop it out? How can we develop more stuff in this universe? And I think Gen V is a direction of that. Because, you know, unfortunately that's capitalism and everything has to become a product and nothing can sort of stand on its own. But that's a, a different discussion, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I have to admit, what they did here, I was dubious about it, but what they did here really worked. So, I think there is potential there, and I think, you know, Amazon at least has to be considering the possibility of, well, could we get more out of this universe? And when they do it, I think it's going to be the kicker, because obviously, like I said, boys, the boys comic comes to a very definite conclusion. And the boys show, while it is changing a lot from the comic, is following a lot of those main plot progression beats from season to season. And so, the plotline of this is going to come to an end. And so, by the time that happens, I'm not sure how successful any spin-offs would be after the main show ends, purely because of what I suspect they would have to do if they continue adapting the comics. Now, they might try something completely different. You know, God knows they've reinvented a lot of things from the comics. There's nothing to say they're going to have to... They're going to do the exact same ending. Uh, and I don't definitely don't think their ending is going to be as pessimistic as the one in the comic was. But, you know... I, I, I think something like Gen V or any other potential spin-off also has a similar shelf life. And I think it has to at least be established before the boys comes to a conclusion. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued for season two. Um, and I'm not sure how long it would last beyond that, but I'm definitely intrigued for more. In the meantime, my friends, you will look after yourselves. Um... As usual, take the very, very best care of yourself that you possibly can. Um, 
if I've done this right, this episode should be coming out shortly before Christmas or shortly just after Christmas. So I hope you all have a fantastic holiday season, um, whatever denomination you are, whatever faith you celebrate, um, you know, or even if you have, you know, no religious um, faith and you just want to get presents and uh, eat nice food and, and drink nice stuff, you know, just go for it. Whatever makes you happy. Until then, you all look after yourselves, take the very best care of yourselves, and I will speak to you soon. Until next time. Thank you, my friends, for once again joining me on Gardo Goes Geek. Your continued support for this podcast means the absolute world to me. And I am grateful for every single one of you who stays and listens to one of my episodes. It means the absolute world. Now, if you would like to engage more with me or the podcast, we have a Discord community, small but growing. And and we now have commissions open on Ko-Fi. So if there's a topic you would like to see me cover, you can pay me to cover it. All funds will be used for legal purchase of the relevant items where I do not have them. Have a look on the link tree for more information. Until next time, look after yourselves.